ever use the uh, the deep theological time tested um, what's the word I lost my word that I was looking for oh, wow that just went Now I'm off. I'm done. See you guys next week. <laughs> wow. Anyway, this, this deep theological concept, have you ever used it? When things are really bad. Maybe, maybe work is hard, or maybe family is hard, or you've got a big decision to make. And you've exhausted all of your other resources. You've said, God, I, I need help. And it seems like he's been silent. And you've got nothing else to do. You've, you've went to trusted advisors and they can't help. And so you, what you choose to do is you go, I've seen this before. This works. I've heard people tell stories of it. It works. And you get your Bible. And you put it up like this. And you close your eyes. And you go, okay, that one right there. Oh, my Bible didn't open. Right? Has anybody ever, ever tried that? You felt that you're to the point that that's your only option or your best option? Because I, I hear stories of people who that works for. Like they're in a bad spot. I, I shared, Bob was here the first service, and I was with Bob when I, I heard this story it was at a Gideon's luncheon or dinner or something like this, and they told this story about this young man who was in a hotel room, and, and he was contemplating suicide. That's what he was there for. And he happened to open the drawer, and there was a Gideon's Bible in there. And he opened the Bible, I think, just to see what it was. And as whatever passage it opened up to, it talked about, the fact that God loved him and cared for him and the extent that Jesus went to buy him back. And this young man, instead of taking his life, gave his life to Jesus. That's amazing. I, I would, if that would work, where I could just open it up and sometimes, you know, the words illuminated off the page... But it doesn't work that way for me. I'm not mocking you if it does. I'm jealous. But usually for me, I think the reason it doesn't work that way is because God's saying, put a little more elbow grease in. You need a little more work. Dig a little deeper. But today we're going to start a new series. And it's called This Is Us. And I have not, I, I swear to you, I have not watched an episode of this show. I have no idea. It's on NBC. I've not watched it. I don't know anything about it. But I seen the the title, and I thought, what a I'm, I'm stealing that. What a great sermon series. This is us. And then you look at the pictures, and I'm not taking any responsibility for the pictures that were up on the on the deal today. That was all Beth, and uh, I asked her to put that together for me. So if there's a picture and you're in it, and it's not really desirable. I apologize, and it's best fault taken up with her. 
But over the next six weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to be looking at uh, our core values, who we are. This has been kind of a compilation of over the last few years of, of discussions and, and, and things like that. And, and as we go through this, there's going to be some objections. Or there's going to be some people come up to me and say, Kelly, you left some stuff off the list. And you're right, I did. I was in a, a seminar, and it was Pastor Steve and some other people who were talking about core values and mission and vision and all of this, and they say that core values are, are more than what you want your organization to be. It's really what you hold dear. And so I've kind of used that as the litmus test of where we're at. If you've went through a partnership class with us over the last couple of years, this is, you, you've heard this before. Um, I think maybe I preached this one, one other time. I can't remember if I did. But I thought, what a great way to start 2021, plus I wanted to use this title. So it works. But our number one core value, and, and again, I chose this just, it, it, it goes randomly. It doesn't go through like, oh, this is our order of importance. But I chose the first one, and our number one core value is be doers, not hearers. Scripture application. We're going to look at that and, and, and why that's so important. And, and Jesus' brother James, in, in, in the letter that he wrote, explains this. And he does it very succinctly in one verse. In James chapter 1, verse 22, James says, But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for these words. We thank you that you have called us to be doers, not just hearers. God, speak to us. We love you, Jesus. We ask it in your name. Amen. God never intended for us to just consume His Word, what He says. He calls us to act on His instruction. Would you agree with that? I hope so. If not, you're in the right place. Keep listening. James, Jesus' brother, who at one time, if you read in the Gospels, Jesus' mother and brothers and sisters came and thought he was a nut job. James was probably one of those people. They thought he'd went off the deep end, saying he was the Messiah. And yet he writes, God doesn't call us to be, or <laughs> to, to be doers, not just hearers. To be doers. The Bible is full of doers. You ever notice that? Front to back. It's full of doers. But it's also full of hearers. And so we're just going to, we're going to stick with that scripture, just one verse, but we're going to take a walk through the Bible. Now I'm not going to hit every hearer and I'm not going to hit every doer. 
We're going to get a few of each. A few from the Old Testament of each. Because otherwise, lunch would burn and I would be in trouble. But when we look at at doers, one of the first people that, that, that stands out in my mind as a doer was Noah. We've, we've, we've talked about Noah. God said, Noah, build a boat in your backyard because it's going to rain. God, what's rain? It's never rained. God said, don't worry about that. You'll know it when you see it. Build a boat. And what did Noah do? He built a boat in his backyard. A big boat. And his neighbors made fun of him. And they mocked him. And they laughed at him. But Noah was a doer. What about Abram? Right? He was successful. He was surrounded by family. He had great wealth. God says, Abram, here's what I want you to do. I want you to leave this stuff, and I want you to go. Well, God, where do you want me to go? He goes, I'll tell you when you get there. That's a great plan. I'll tell you when I get there. Abram packs up, takes what he can, and heads off, and he listens to God's plan. Abram was a doer. Shepherd David. Talk about doers, right? Imagine this 13, 14-year-old boy. Maybe he's 5'5", 130 pounds soaking wet. He goes to take supplies to his brothers. And as he crests the hill, he sees this giant across the valley who is mocking the army of Israel. But even worse, he was mocking David's God. And he looked at his brothers, the people who he respected, and the other soldiers, and they were afraid. He said, guys, he's mocking God. He takes off across the field, grabs a few stones, and he dispatches the giant. He was nine feet tall. Some Young, little boy. He was a doer. right? He had a, a history of being a doer. After that, go to the New Testament. Doers. How about the, the first disciples that Jesus called? The board met on Thursday night and they got the scripture for their devotion. They got stuck with it because it fit with what we were doing then too. But Jesus begins to call his disciples. And he comes across some fishermen. He says, hey, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And they dropped their nets and they left the boats and they left their families and they followed Jesus. They were doers. The woman at the well. When Jesus, to me, I love that story. I love what Jesus does in this, in this lady's life. He tells her all about her, even though he should have never talked to her. 
And what does she do? She runs back to town and she says, this guy just, you've you got to go see him. He changed my life. He told everything about me. And it's just crazy. And, and it says Jesus stayed for a few days and preached and taught. And people's lives were changed because that lady was a doer. The man who was demon-possessed, who lived in the graveyard, who was chained, who had cut himself, who was covered with scars, and Jesus cast the demon out. And as Jesus got back in the boat, this man said, please, Jesus, I want to come with you. Let me come. I, I, don't leave. I, I want to go. Jesus said, go back and tell your family what has happened to you. And it says he went and he told his family. He was a doer. Right? And we're going to stop there with the doers. Because we're running out of time. But the Bible is full, front to back, of doers. People who God spoke, he called them to something. Whether it was God in the Old Testament or whether it was Jesus in the New And when they, he revealed himself, they did it. And James says, we're supposed to be doers. Right? So what about, what are some, who are some hearers? You don't have to go very far into the book. First few chapters, Adam and Eve. They were hearers. God said, all of this is yours. There's a couple of trees I don't want you to eat off of. Don't. They heard him. It's written down. Now to me, it seems easy. You've got all of this except for two things that you're not supposed to do. Don't eat off of those two trees. I went across the road, right? We just stayed on this side. Wouldn't even went over there. Went and went to that side of the garden. Or the middle of the garden. I went nowhere in proximity. Would have been simple. But Adam and Eve heard God but they didn't do what God said. The nation of Israel, over and over and over and over again, God continued to speak to them. He continued to pull them out of danger and in bad spots because of choices that they've made. God says, all I do is I expect you to to love me and be committed to me. That's all I want. They heard it. They even wrote it down. But they really didn't hear it. They didn't listen. They weren't doing what God called them to do. The New Testament. The rich young man came to Jesus. Jesus, I want to be your follower. What do I have to do? 
says, well, you know the law, follow it. I did all of that. I've got it covered. I've already been, I've been there, done that. Jesus says, give away everything you own and then come follow me. And the rich young ruler heard what Jesus said. He was a hearer, but he didn't do it. The Pharisees. Right? They were... They were in charge of religious instruction and leadership of the, the nation of Israel. They were expecting the Messiah. They had heard about him. And yet, when Jesus appears on the scene and says, I am Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, they went, not so much. We disagree. You don't fit what the Messiah is supposed to look like. They had heard, they had written down, but they refused to do what God said. As a doer and a hearer, I think of the the two men that were on either side of Jesus the day he hung on a cross. One man said, Jesus, I know you're real. I want what you've got. Today you'll be with me in paradise. The other man heard the same thing. He's seen the same thing. He experienced the same thing as the other man. But he chose to mock Jesus just like the guards and to to treat him the same way. We had a doer and a hearer. Again, the Bible is full of hearers and doers. And James says that we're supposed to be doers of God's Word. We live in a time, it's unprecedented, the access that we have to God's Word. I said in the first service, I... I haven't been to Walmart for a long time, but last time I was in Walmart, they had a Bible. i seen it in the book section. You can go to Walmart and get a Bible. You can take a Bible from church. That's what they're there for. You can go online and open your computer, and you can have various options, options that I've never heard of. You can take your phone. My phone's being used. so You can take your phone out of your pocket. And you can have access to the Bible. And yet, way too often, 
at least in my personal experience, this is me I'm talking about. I'm casting no aspersions this direction. If any come, it's your fault. Too often, I've been guilty of reading the words and I hear them, but not really doing them. Not applying them to my life. See, what happens is, well, I've got a connect group, and so I've got to read, we're, going to, we're studying Matthew chapter 5, and I've got to read Matthew chapter 5, and I read it so that when, when Ken asked me of, did you read this week? Oh, I did. What did it say? I don't know. I was busy. About that time the phone rang. You know, something happened. It's the second Sunday of January, right? Everybody, we didn't get any of the cards this year. They didn't send, usually they send them from headquarters. But the, uh, the cards that have you check through the the Bible, read through the Bible in a year. I don't think that's a bad thing at all. But for me, what that became way too often was check, check, and I'd move on to the next thing. And I wasn't really applying it to my life. See, I was being a hearer, not a doer. So, ask yourself, am I a doer or am I a hearer? I can't answer that question for you. Hopefully, you go, well, I've been kind of on the fence, but I want to be a better doer, right? That's that's where I want to be. We have this advantage to be able to Dig in to God's Word. And He reveals who He is and His character. How much He loves us, the extent that He goes to. Because let's just be honest, if it was up to us, if somebody rejected me that many times, hit the button. But God continues to pour out His grace and His love towards us. And it's all written down here, and we have unfettered access to it. It's not a word I use very often. We don't live in a country where it's illegal to have one of these. Right? Maybe you got one sitting on the coffee table, maybe you got one on the desk. Maybe you got one in the arm of your, your uh, truck or your car. We have access. But James says, don't just be a hearer. Be a doer. See, God's calling us. He's revealing stuff to us so that we can grow closer to Him. So, this is, I'm going to, the next slide is going to 
be what I use for application, for me. It works for me. I may have shared this with you guys before. I can't remember, but I'm putting it up here. There's all kinds of programs or ways to, to, to integrate biblical application into your lives. But this one is the one I found a couple of years ago, and, and Mark and Craig, this is what we used in, in the discipleship group that I was doing at that time. I found it. It's on the internet. You can find it, but here it is. It, here. The first H. Highlight the verses in the passage that speak to you. Now, before you go too far and go, oh, Kelly, man, you gotta, how, how many chapters do I have to read? I want you to hear this. It's, it's about quality, not quantity. All right? The thing that we were doing, we were reading through the New Testament in a year. That meant we could read one chapter a day, five days a week. And you would work through the New Testament. Maybe you say, I, I don't have time, I, I don't have the attention span, I don't... I, Read a section. God wants to speak to you through His Word. If you're not in His Word, jump in somewhere. And as you read through that, look for something that stands out to you. Verses or passages that speak to you. The second thing is E, explain. Explain what the text means. Make sure you're reading the verses above and below and getting the context of what the writer's trying to say. Go to the beginning of the book that you're reading. And maybe you chose 1 Corinthians. And you go, okay, this is a letter from Paul. And he's writing to a church that's really jacked up. And they're kind of doing things wrong and they're listening to the wrong people and Paul's trying to get them back on track because he loves them and cares about them. And that sets the context. Explain. A, here's the word of the day. Apply. Apply what you read. How does this verse apply or verses apply in my life? How does it fit my context? How I deal with my spouse or a coworker or whatever it is. The situation where you find yourself. How does it apply? And then the R. And that's respond. How am I going to respond to what God's teaching me through this verse or verses? That's really short. On the back table, I printed off some... I, I didn't think to check between services and see how many there was. If, you, if they're out, let me know and I'll get more made. Find something that works for you. The way my brain works, this works for me. I have in my desk drawer. I don't journal lots. Mine is usually a couple of sentences, if it's that, under H, E, A, and R.
But what I find when I do this, it's a lot easier for me to put what I'm reading, I turn from a hearer to a doer. See, we, we want Scripture, we don't want you to come to church on Sunday morning and go, I've checked that off my list for the week. That's not our goal. And we're going to talk more about that. That's one of our, core, one of our other core values, is growth. We want you to be growing. And we believe that the way, one of the ways is applying Scripture, God's Word, into your life and letting it soak in and letting it transform you. And when He says, I need you to take that next step, you go, okay. And you take that step. James calls us to be doers. Not just hearers. It's because if you're only listening, you're fooling yourself. Right? I've said it before, I'll say it again. God doesn't call us to just be consumers of what He says. He calls us to act on His instruction. He wants us to move. He wants us to grow. He loves you right where you are, but He has so much more for you. And He has so much more for me. He doesn't want to see us stuck there. And so our goal is that we're all doers. Because if we're all doers... then that means I'm in a growing relationship with God and I'm learning more about Him and He's speaking into my life and and my faith is increasing and I'm like, whoa, this is amazing. God, I've never seen that before. I never thought of that before. I've missed that before. God, things are difficult, but I'm going to lean into You. but I believe also when we're doers of the Word, it gives us that opportunity to share the goodness of Jesus with other people. When something bad happens to you, and instead of getting mad and throwing a fit and kicking things, you know, it's part of life. trusting God, not man, or myself. And that resonates with people. I believe, especially right now, with where our society is. We're called to be doers, not just hearers. My goal is and I fall short to always be a doer of what I read. It's my goal for you as well, as my family, to be doers. To share Jesus. 
to be a, the best ambassador of Jesus I can be. But if I'm not in here, and I'm not doing what it says, I don't have a very clear picture of who He is or who He calls me to be. So that's why application of Scripture is one of our core values. That's why it's important that we put this into play. We have one more song. I want to pray. Lauren and Becky are coming up. Father, we thank you for these words. We thank you for James. And in such a succinct way, Jesus, he's challenged us. He's called us out to be doers. God, because that's your plan for us. It was, it was never to just stand on the sidelines and, and watch the world go by, but it was to get in the, in the muck and the mess and the, the brokenness of the world. And to take Jesus with us. So Father, I pray that we will be doers of your word. Not just hearers. That we won't be fooled or lulled into thinking we're doing our part. We love you, Jesus, and we ask it in your name.